Hello, my name is Alison. I pastor a little church in Warrnambool called Sanctuary. And like many other churches, we've been meeting online during shutdown. But as restrictions ease, we're beginning to grapple with what a post-shutdown gathering might look like in the era of COVID-19. So join me as I outline both challenge and invitation, viewed through the lens of the Ascension. I'll be referring to the account in Acts chapter 1. It's a text set for the seventh week of Easter in the liturgical year A. The events of this story occur between Jesus' resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit on all disciples at Pentecost. So here, the disciples ask the risen Christ whether he's about to restore the kingdom which is currently occupied by Rome. I imagine Jesus rolls his eyes. They've been praying God's kingdom come alongside him, yet they still expect him to lead an historic political revolution. Jesus doesn't really answer their question. Instead, he tells them that the Holy Spirit will come over them and they will receive power and become his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I think, of course, that we here in Warrnambool are at the ends of the earth with this story. Anyway, he's then taken up before their very eyes into a cloud, which in other stories represents the presence of God. As they stare into the cloud, two people dressed in white come alongside them, and they ask, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who's been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go. So the disciples return to their accommodation in Jerusalem to wait for the Holy Spirit. And while they wait, they gather regularly with a larger group of followers to pray and reflect on the scriptures and interpret them in this new context. So that's the story. Now, let's begin. So here we are at Sanctuary yet again, gathered to worship via Zoom It is wonderful that we are able to do this, to see each other's faces and chat before and after the service, to lead each other through the liturgy, to hear the word of God proclaimed, to pray together, and to be reminded that through the power of the Holy Spirit which transcends time and space, we continue to be the church. Yet it's also very strange For so much of who we usually are and what we usually do as a church is physical. Usually we greet one another with hugs and handshakes and thumps on the back. Usually we sing together, listening to each other and responding to each other's voices. Usually we hear the word proclaimed not just in words but by gesture and conversation. Usually we pray with objects handled by many and usually we play with blocks and drink from one cup and eat from a potluck buffet. This is who we are. And these practices not only shaped sanctuary but have formed the practice of the wider church for thousands of years. Worshipping online where we cannot do these physical things is a radical shift. It's a radical shift. Of course we are grateful that we can gather at all, yet many of us look with longing to the way things were, and most of us are no doubt hoping that normality will be restored as quickly as possible. Yet as events continue to unfold, 
It looks to me like we have suddenly shifted into a new era. An era which is being deeply shaped by the infectiousness of COVID-19. Right now, we cannot legally gather as a group. But even when we are able to once again, many of our usual practices will need to be reviewed. Shaking hands, hugging, touching objects for prayer, singing together, having toys available, drinking from a common cup, eating buffet style, all these things are highly inadvisable in a COVID-19 world. The situation is made trickier by the many children in our midst, people who are not able to maintain physical distance, as well as the number of people with compromised or suppressed immune systems. So I'm not sure that we'll be returning to our normal for a very long time, if at all. Many churches are planning for a minimum of 18 months of physical distancing measures, and I suspect we might need to do likewise. This begs a question. Do we continue as is, maintaining a holding pattern until we can restore the old ways? Or do we take this opportunity to revisit the very idea of what it is to be the church and what it is to be a worshipping community? For if it turns out that when we can eventually gather, but we cannot hug or sing or eat together, then what is it that we are called to do in corporate worship? Why do we gather physically? What's important? What can be left behind? And what can be done in other places, in other ways? No doubt Jesus' first disciples had similar struggles and questions. They had spent years physically following him, walking dusty roads, mingling with the crowds, visiting people's homes, laying hands on the sick, eating bread broken by his hands drinking from a cup which had first touched his lips. After his death and resurrection, he had returned in the flesh. He had entered locked rooms, broken bread, barbecued fish, and offered his wounded body to their physical touch. And yet here, at their final meeting, he is lifted up and he disappears into the cloud of the presence of God. Of course the disciples stand staring into the cloud for how can they gather with him and learn from him and eat with him or continue his work now that he is physically gone. How can they dwell with him? How can they be fed by the body when the body has disappeared? How can they be fed by the body when the body has disappeared? The old ways would no longer serve, and the new ways had not yet come into being. And so they walked back to their digs in Jerusalem, where they'd gathered with other disciples, and prayed and reflected on the scriptures, and waited for the Holy Spirit to fall upon them and usher them into a new era. I suggest this story is a good model for us. 
We are grappling with a sudden loss of physical gatherings and we are facing the distinct possibility that even when we can gather again, many things will need to change. The old ways will no longer serve and the new ways have not yet come into being. We don't know what church will look like in the coming months and even years, but today's story suggests how we might sit with the questions. First, gather. Like the first disciples, let us gather with others by safe means. Let us meet regularly in small groups, either physically or online, and let us continue to meet online as a whole church. Second, let us pray. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to fall upon us and to shape our reading and wondering and to lead us into this new era. Let us reflect. Let us read the scriptures and retell the stories and remember the history of our faith. And let us reflect on how this faith must be shaped and shared in our changed context. How must this faith be shaped and shared in our changed context? And finally, let us wait. Let us gather, pray and reflect seriously and now. But let us not act with foolish haste. For the Holy Spirit will come in her own sweet time to lead us into the future. Long ago, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Forget the former things, said God. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland that my people may proclaim my praise. Right now, we are wandering in the wilderness. We've had to make a lot of sudden changes and so much has necessarily been left behind. But God is making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So look around. Where is new life already emerging? What is God already doing? What are we being prepared for? And how shall we proclaim God's praise? Gather, pray, reflect and wait. For God is doing a new thing. And when the time comes, let's be ready for it. And let's have the courage and imagination to get on board. Amen. So Jesus Christ ascended into heaven to be everywhere present. So go then and make it known through word and deed that the reign of Christ has come. And may God's blessings be showered upon you. May Christ Jesus make himself known through you. And may the Holy Spirit guide you as you reimagine the church in the world. In the name of Christ I pray. Amen. If you value what you heard, there's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. 
and we'll catch up another time.